G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Our special guest through the hour, Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch. And we're going to talk through some very controversial issues this hour. Issues you will be able to contribute to in the conversation. We're opening those talkback lines. 1-800-316-316 is our talkback number. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to participate in this conversation. We're going to be talking through 20 myths that are pushed by the homosexual activists. And you'll be aware that there are a lot of developments that have been happening in the debates over marriage. Uh, And uh, for some, it's at fever pitch. And usually the fever pitch is on the other side of the debate that we'll be talking about today. Uh, Today, talking about marriage between one man and one woman and in the context of a family. Well, you might like to contribute to our conversation, 1-800-316-316. But there's a bunch of other things that are happening as well. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome along to 2020. Great, thanks. Enjoy Bill, being with you. We are going to be talking through uh, a number of myths that are being pushed by homosexual activists in the marriage debate. Uh, but before we get into that, and, and we'll we'll sort of uh, move into that as we go, but there's been a lot of things that you have been commenting on. And, and you know, for listeners, they'll know that you're a prolific blogger uh, when it comes to issues that are shaping our culture and how they compare with a biblical uh, worldview, a uh, biblical understanding of what truth is. Uh, there's a lot of big challenges that have been going on, and a lot of those have been revolving around the Q&A program on the ABC. A uh, couple of instances, uh, one that involved Fred Nile and another one that happened uh, earlier this week on Monday night with that uh, that uh, Islamist uh, activist uh, who was uh, made an appearance on uh, the Q&A program caused all sorts of controversy. You've got concerns about the way our national broadcaster does, in fact, handle these sorts of issues. Well, I think we all should have concerns. I mean, if this were just a private uh, network pushing its agenda, well, I suppose in a free market you're allowed to do that. But, of course, this is not a private uh, network. It's a taxpayer-funded uh, broadcaster. You and I pay for this, whether we like it or not. So this idea that it can... Uh, simply push various agendas which are not at all representative of the majority of Australians is uh, well, it's problematic to begin with, but they've been doing this for years. I've written countless articles now on the ABC in general and shows like Q&A in particular, and it should really uh, concern any fair-minded Australian that they keep pushing radical, uh, often leftist agendas, uh, very unrepresentative at of the country at large, even though in its own charter it speaks about the need to be fair and balanced. Well, uh, the day I find a fair and balanced ABC debate show, I think I'll uh, I'll be quite surprised indeed. Well, that show on Monday night uh, featured the uh, the gentleman Zaki Maller, who uh, mm. 
who pleaded guilty at one stage to threatening to kill an ASIO official. And, of course, uh, the Prime Minister uh, came out and uh, and he uh, really uh, had a go at the ABC over that show and then uh, even more dramatically called for heads to roll uh, mm. when the ABC re-ran the Q&A program. But yep. Let's not get too deeply into that program from Monday night, but just rewinding just a little bit further into the previous week because Fred Nile was a part of one of those Q&A special edition programs, and I know you've got some special comments about that one. Mm. Yes, well, I've been on many of these sorts of uh, so-called debate shows over the years, just about all of them that uh, Australia has, television, radio, so I know what it's all about. Uh, Very typical, you have the lone uh, token Christian or conservative voice, in this case Fred Nile, and pitted against a whole raft of those on the other side. So in this case, you have the moderator standing in for Tony Jones, who himself was a homosexual, and every single other person on the panel, homosexual, lesbian, transgender, you name it. And then, of course, the usual stacked audience, where about probably 95% of them were either homosexuals or supporters of it. And this, again, was the ABC's idea of a fair debate. You bring in one Christian voice, uh, line them up against everybody who's totally hostile to your point of view, and then they pat themselves on the back thinking, oh, we've spent the taxpayer dollars wisely here. Another fair and balanced debate. So uh, it just uh, bothers me to no end that we should have to fund this kind of stuff with our tax dollars. Again, if it were privatized, it can do what it wants. But because it's got a public charter to uh, present things in a balanced and even-handed way, well, it certainly is not. Uh, We can commend Fred Nile. He did an admirable job under the circumstances, but it really was appalling. But this is just normal fare for our ABC. And, Bill, you've called Fred Nile Australia's most courageous Christian, uh, almost Mm. like uh, Daniel in the lion's den uh, in that particular episode. Well, that's exactly what he was. He was alone against the Lions, uh, taxpayer-funded Lions in this case. He uh, knew what he was getting himself in for. As I've said, I have done this over the last 30 years plenty of times myself, and I can tell you it's not a pleasant experience. It's very uh, hard indeed to know you're going to be the only voice trying to stand up for biblical truth and values, and you're going to be attacked and mocked and shouted down and booed and hissed. And uh, so that Fred is willing at, what is he, 82, I think, years of age, to keep going, to keep standing strong, to present a a calm and a a gracious and a a strong point of view from the biblical worldview. I I just think he's one of our greatest national treasures, and I wish we had more Christians like him willing to stand up, to speak truth courageously, fearlessly, and uh, not let the other side get you down. Well, it seems to be since Bill Shorten, the opposition leader, put his bill into Parliament just uh, two two weeks ago, uh, that the debate over marriage has gone up a level. And uh, who knows where that bill will go to? Perhaps it'll go nowhere. Uh, but mm. it's brought the debate uh, even more solidly onto the the agenda for discussion and uh, and debate on this particular issue. The thing that we want to talk about today is the myths that are being pushed by homosexual activists because 
it does appear to me that the arguments by the homosexuals for same-sex marriage are actually very shallow arguments, but they're made to look deeper because the agenda is so much pushed by mainstream media as, as though it is a foregone conclusion, that there is an inevitability about the way this marriage debate is going. I know, uh, as I said earlier in, the, in promoting our conversation today, that the commentators that we talk to on 2020 are far from... Uh, the idea that there is an inevitability and uh, mm-hmm. there is a real optimism that this uh, this argument, this debate can be won and that Australians who are thinking carefully about the issues uh, wouldn't vote for uh, those sorts of uh, changes to the Marriage Act. Let's, uh, let's get a little bit of a start on some of these myths that you've been writing about of recent times. What is the biggest myth... Uh, out of those that you have listed, and there's a lot of them, and I just challenge listeners to actually even uh, keep count of the th- sorts of things we'll talk about today, but what's the biggest myth, Bill? Well, it's hard to say which is the biggest. There's so many that are being pushed uh, so often. I suppose we could start with one of them simply because it uh, is worth uh, reminding ourselves of again, but the idea that there's you know anywhere from 10 to 15% of the population that's homosexual, that's that was a myth started long ago by the infamous sexologist and child abuser Alfred Kinsey. They just picked a number out of the hat and thought if we could throw this number around often enough, hopefully it'll stick, and that's exactly what's happened. But every single reputable study, both here and overseas over the last 20, 25 years, has shown time and time again, we're talking 1% to 2% max of the adult population are homosexual. So that's the first thing to keep in mind. There's just not that many of them, despite their noisy vocal uh, lobbying style. And of those 2% who actually are really keen to have marriage, so-called, that's, again, a small percentage. So if you do a small percent of a small percent, you're talking just a handful overall of people who are pushing for the redefinition of marriage. So that's the biggest thing we need to keep in mind. They try to present uh, this case that uh, everybody in the world wants it, and it's only a few troglodytes like you and I that are left in the world who don't want it, but that's simply not the case. There's not many homosexuals, and those who are, uh, not all of them, even want homosexual marriage. We even saw some of them on the Q&A episode the other night with Fred Nile. It is completely disproportionate. And uh, when you talk about that 2%, uh, when you reflect on Australian figures, of course, that 2% isn't just an Australian figure. This is uh, found time and again right around the world. It's not just something that's abnormal here in Australia. Mm, No, absolutely. It's a standard uh, figure we find in research, whether it's France or America or Germany, uh, you name the country, there's been so many studies social science studies carefully done, and the numbers are just not there. So the question is, why is this really teeny minority having such a huge impact? I mean, the truth is probably 2% of uh, Australians might be poker players or right piano players. Uh, why are they, you know, not getting special rights uh, as well? It's, uh, you know, we just don't think of uh, a teeny minority group having a need to... Uh, really take over a country and redefine its institutions, but that's exactly what we have here. And it's a really scary thing to behold, how this very small group can have so much, uh, such a loud voice and so much clout that it can actually destroy something as important as marriage and family.
2020 on Vision. Talking to the top 20 myths pushed by the homosexual activists in the marriage debate today, Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch, our special guest this hour, prolific blogger and uh, the changing culture that we are seeing all around us. He likes to interpret uh, these things in light of truth from the Bible. Uh, Bill, when we talk about this particular issue of marriage and the changing culture and uh, coming back to Bible truth, uh, when we talk about equality in marriage, how do we actually uh, bring uh, the biblical truth into the debate? Yes, well, we can do it two ways. We can look at the biblical storyline, of course, or we can look at simply the philosophical, logical, historical connection. In fact, that approach is probably better if you're trying to deal with your non-Christian friends or get into the public arena. If you want to debate these things, we need to know how to do both. Uh, Biblically, of course, it's clear from Genesis through Revelation that God's only uh, form of marriage, uh, of proper human sexuality, is male-female marriage. The idea of permanency and exclusiveness, that's always the biblical ideal of human sexuality. Anything outside of those parameters are, are of course, wrong and sinful. So for the Christian, that should be the end of the story. But as far as the public debate goes, um, well, we can simply say that the other side is great at making up words which have nothing to do with uh, the reality. Uh, When they speak of marriage equality, for example, well... Equality has to deal with treating like things alike. Uh, That is, if you try to treat unequal things equally, you're going to end up with an unequal outcome. And the truth of the matter is the heterosexual union between a man and a woman is not the same, is not equal to what, say, uh, two men or two women do. The whole idea of marriage is to bring together a man and a woman to become husband and wife, and if any children come about as a result, to be a mother and a father. That is the heart and soul of marriage. Always has been, always will be. Governments didn't invent marriage. They simply recognized the pre-existing institution. So if you don't have this uh, core definition of a man and a woman coming together, potential becoming mother and father, you don't have marriage. So this whole idea that any combination of people who might have some kind of emotional attachment to each other uh, can be called a marriage is just ludicrous. It's not marriage equality. And, of course, there's no discrimination either. I can't get married (laughs) for the simple reason I'm already married. Uh, Number is essential, only two people, and gender is essential man and a woman. If you don't meet those basic criteria, well, then we're all equally, if you will, discriminated against. My, uh, you know, cat can't marry, a six-year-old boy can't marry, somebody who's already married can't marry. So the uh, equality of marriage applies to everyone equally already. So if you meet the conditions of marriage, you can get married. Simple as that. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join our conversation, John is in Cooma. Hello, John. Welcome along to twenty twenty. Thank you, John. Quickly, what is your thought on what we're talking about today? Well, to me, um, a small minority with a big voice. You know, like, 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 like they're just trying to sort of, um, um, just. 
get everyone else on their side. You know, it's just, it's just a small minority, and, and we know that from Sodom and Gomorrah to um, Romans one, how God, how God feels about homosexuality, and um, like if 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 people can't see that. Um, I think, John, uh, the issue is that people have tried to take God out of the equation. Uh, quickly, from Bill Muhlenberg. Bill, your thoughts on what John's sharing? Well, he's exactly right. As we've kicked God out of the picture, out of our lives, out of society, well, then we're seeing all this kind of uh, behavior and activity going on. It is exactly what Romans 1 talks about, and it's everything that we should be as Christians concerned about. Uh, this is not just an incidental thing when we see... God's fundamental role for sexuality and marriage under attack, well, then, you know, there's a real consequence to uh, when we jettison God, uh, we get into all kinds of other moral and social strife. John from Kuma, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. Uh, Just something else to bring into our conversation today, another important player when it comes to the way we set an argument for this debate between uh, those same-sex marriage advocates and those who are advocating for marriage between one man and one woman, David Van Gend, Dr. David Van Gend from Queensland, who has been in Canberra uh, yesterday and uh, this morning. We've finally got a hold of David Van Gend, uh, who's off a plane and on his way back to Toowoomba. Uh, David, uh, uh, let me just uh, just set this up before I get your uh, thoughts, but a new poll Uh, The child's right to a mother and a father trumps the right to gay marriage and parenting. Uh, This is a significant new set of research that is being released around Australia and a lot of the mainstream media are picking up on this. Uh, David Van Gend, welcome along to 2020. We don't have David. We'll try and get David back on the line and uh, we'll get his thoughts on those things. Uh, Bill Muhlenberg, you're familiar with the fact that there's been a release of some new statistics uh, from a new Galaxy research poll. Uh, Mm. Your thoughts on on some of those as we get David back on the line? Yeah, it's a very important uh, poll indeed. Uh, As we always say, it depends who's asking the questions and what questions are being asked. So usually when the activists have their surveys, it's not a surprise that you end up with uh, the figures they get. But when you ask more careful and important questions, as in this case, uh, does a child have a right to their own mother and a father? Well, overwhelmingly, of the 1,200 people involved, uh, 75% said yes, absolutely, the fundamental right of children to be raised by their own mother and father. That outstrips the rights of uh, well, the so-called rights of, say, two men to get, quote, married. So uh, that was an important uh, bit of research, which demonstrates that most Australians are quite sensible on this. The rights of the child should always trump uh, the activist agendas of very selfish adults, and that always should be the case in any civilized society. Children should come first, and their well-being should be at the heart of this debate, not just uh, that of selfish adults. 
Interestingly, when we talk about these things, uh, when we talk in a Christian context, there's some sort of assumption that this is just a Christian argument for Mm. marriage between one man and one woman, when in fact uh, the argument goes far beyond that to people who are of any religious persuasion and also people who are of no religious persuasion whatsoever. David Van Gend is back on the line with us. David Van Gend, welcome along to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Sorry to drop out there. And hello, Bill. Hello, David. (laughs) David, this is a fairly significant uh, bit of research that's been done by Galaxy Research, a new poll. uh, There's been a couple of very contentious polls uh, that have been at loggerheads with one another, contradicting one another. This poll seems to set out uh, to, uh, to actually resolve some of the differences. Tell us about the findings of this latest poll. That's right, Neil. No, no previous polls have asked the right question. They've uh, only asked, you know, what do you think about uh, same-sex adults marrying? And everyone says, oh, well, I'm a nice person. I don't like discrimination, so I'll say yes. But then when you ask people uh, in a different poll, uh, such as the Sexton poll from four years ago, uh, do you think that a child, where possible, should be raised by their own mother and father? Everyone says, well, I'm a nice person. I like that too, and, and I'll vote for that. So we have 72% Uh, as examples of two polls saying each of those things. But, of course, those two things are mutually exclusive because if you want a child to have a mum and a dad, you cannot allow two men to marry and create a motherless family. Logically, it is impossible. So what we wanted to do with our study was to ask the right question, and that was to say, given the conflicting claims, which of these two claims do you think is more important, that a child should, where possible, have a mum and a dad, or that two men should be able to marry and create a family? Or do you think they're equally important, which 30% of people said that, but it's a nonsense proposition, but nevertheless, 30% of people said that. But what was interesting, of the 65% of Australians in this national poll who understood that we have to choose between the rights of the child and the claims of adults, of those 65%, there was a three-to-one margin voting for the child. Thumbs up to the child's rights, thumbs down to the adult rights. 48% said the child's rights were more important. 17% said the rights of the two men to marry was more important. And Neil, um, as I think Bill was saying just before, our society really is faced with that choice. If we pass laws for same-sex marriage, we are. We are decreeing that future children shall miss out on a mother or they shall miss out on a father, not through tragedy, not because of some separation or divorce or death of a parent, but because... By an act of parliament, we decreed that it should be so. And what we love with our research is that the vast majority of Australians say that's not a good thing. Kids need a mum and a dad, and that's more important than the claims of adults to be able to marry and create a family. And these results released yesterday, David, uh, are they being picked up by mainstream media outlets? And uh, is this a newsworthy story, the fact that there is credible research that supports this uh, margin three to one? Yeah, it's, a, it's done by Galaxy, who do news polls, a very credible company. Uh, it was a nationwide representative sample. And uh, it was picked up... I, I had a press conference at Parliament House in Canberra yesterday. We had AAP, we had the Australian. Uh, no one else came, which is surprising, but they're important. AAP ran the story. What I find fascinating is that SBS, which usually takes the uh, AAP news feed, blocked it. Blocked it. And this is the same SBS who, who banned our television ad during the Mardi Gras. This is the same SBS which, even though it's funded by you and me, 
advertised nationally in the newspapers a week or two back, along with a lot of other companies, that it supported so-called marriage equality. That show is a disgrace. SBS is a political activist outfit, and they need sorting. But putting that to one side, uh, we do hope that The Australian will run something tomorrow, but uh, it is very, very hard to get uh, what I consider the majority view, but... Uh, to get it out there is difficult, as, as Bill will attest. David, we're not going to have you for much longer. Let me ask you about this terminology that some people might not be familiar with, this idea of a compound right in marriage, where we talk about the marriage of two people and the founding of a family. Uh, is this a, a terminology that we need to be aware of, uh, need to be familiar with? Yeah, it's just the reality in, in law, both domestic and international. The right to marry, as the Universal Declaration of Human Rights says, in Article 16, men and women have the right to marry and to found a family. Marriage and the creation of a family are a single right. So if you give two men the right to marry, you're not just giving them a, a relationship and a ceremony. You are giving them the absolute right on an equivalent right with a man-woman couple to adopt children to create them by surrogacy, and where the states presently prohibit adoption and surrogacy by same-sex couples, as they do in several states, those prohibitions will be overturned by any federal law for same-sex marriage. So same-sex marriage uh, will uh, is not just a toothless thing. It will be the, the permanent nationwide violation of a child's right to both a mum and a dad, and that is why we have to stand in its way. The notion, as you said, of compound right um, is simply a reflection in law of what we find in nature. I mean, males and females have the pair bond and they tend to create offspring. That is what's given us in nature. As you said before, I think it's not a, it's not a religious thing. It's not a social invention. It is simply what happens in nature. And so our laws reflect what nature gives us and says that the right to marry and create a family are one single phenomenon in nature and in law. Well, Dr. David Van Gend, and David, uh, not a lot of time to expand on these things with you today. And let's uh, agree to set a time next week and we'll, uh, we'll take a, a little bit longer and unpack uh, a lot of the research. And as those statistics uh, come to light and uh, as the uh, mainstream media begins to report those, uh, let's set a time uh, next week and we'll come back and we'll talk some more. David, I'll point people to the Australian Marriage Forum website and simply Google Australian Marriage Forum and no doubt you'll have those statistics that Galaxy Research on your website and uh, listeners will be able to take advantage of those. David Thanks, Van Gend, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Dean. Bye now. Bill Muhlenberg still with us, uh, our primary guest this hour. Uh, your thoughts, Bill, on uh, on those things that David was sharing? Uh, it's very good when you start to see research come to light uh, that expresses such strong solidarity with the idea of uh, parents and children. Mm. No, absolutely, and we'd expect to find these uh, results. Uh, they're exactly where most Australians are at. They know that children matter. They know that children have a fundamental and basic right to be raised by their own mother and father. So this research simply bears out what we would expect in any decent society, that uh, activist agendas really must take second place to the well-being of our own children. Now, it should be pointed out, of course, that these sorts of surveys, as important as they are, they don't just happen uh, out of nowhere. People have to uh, 
you know, get involved and make it happen. So we thank the uh, Australian Marriage Forum. They would have paid a fair amount of money to make it happen, but uh, we need more of this kind of research. It's usually almost always the other side who's doing this. They're, they got heaps of money at their disposal, often uh, government funding as well, so they can commission these surveys all the time, ask questions in any way they want, and come up with answers that they're looking for. So it's good that we can start doing the same, get some uh, solid research, and look at what Australians really think about the well-being of our children. And interestingly, too, when you start to talk about finance, Bill, uh, sometimes mm. we're a little standoffish or we're afraid to ask, we're afraid to make the donation that we know mm. we need to make uh, to organisations like the Australian Marriage Forum who are really putting themselves out there, doing incredible yep. research and uh, yep. and having a public voice in the debate. So uh, there is a sense in which uh, the encouragement is there for financial support for the Australian Marriage Forum at this time as well. Yes, Bill, absolutely. Bill Muhlenberg, our guest, we're talking through the 20 myths. We're talking myths this hour, pushed by the homosexual activists when it comes to this marriage debate. Your opportunity to be part of our conversation this hour, 1-800-316-316. You might have your thoughts on the issues of the marriage debate, your thoughts on myths pushed by homosexual activists. Uh, well, you might not even agree with the sorts of things we're talking about. You're welcome to call us as well. Uh, your thoughts, too, on the one-sidedness of the debates in mainstream media when it comes to these issues of marriage. Bill Muhlenberg, uh, the prolific blogger who is the man from Culture Watch, is our special guest this hour. We are talking through these myths. Uh, Bill, there's some important things that are coming up uh, just after this weekend. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court are making some deliberations about same-sex marriage in the United States. What are your concerns about that? Well, this is a hugely important issue. In fact, we could have devoted the whole hour to it. In fact, it's possible even today, uh, if not Monday, the... Supreme Court in the U.S. will hand down its finding or deliberation on this topic. And, uh, well, I mean, if it's anything like a, another very infamous uh, decision of about 40 years ago, Roe versus Wade, the abortion decision where they effectively struck down the laws of all 50 U.S. states and said, yep, we've got a right to uh, kill our own babies. Well, I'm afraid it's certainly possible they're going to do the same thing here, strike down all the various defensive marriage acts in the various states and say, yep, we have a constitutional right to sodomy and homosexual marriage. So that's the really worrying thing. So if you're a praying Christian, and you should be, uh, even at this very late stage, please, please pray uh, that, uh, you know, it's simply nine men, unelected, unaccountable, unrepresentative, they're going to decide for a country of, what, some 300 million people, what the definition of marriage is. So this is a very scary thing indeed, the amount of power unelected judicial activists have. In fact, every single country in the world that has gone down the, the path of homosexual marriage, barring Ireland, and we can talk about that as to why they did, every single one. It wasn't the will of the people that brought it in, but it was activist judges. So we may well have the same here in America. And then it opens up the issue, well, 
Is there going to be massive civil disobedience on the part of Christians, especially, and others who say, no, this is not marriage. I cannot abide by this unjust law, and I'll be willing to go to jail if need be. So this is very, very serious indeed. Okay, well, you might have your own thoughts on that. Uh, 1-800-316-316 to join into our conversation. Let's hear from Paul in Roville in Victoria. Hello, Paul. Welcome along to 2020. Gentlemen, how are you today? Very well, Paul. What are your thoughts on our topic of discussion today, these myths being pushed by homosexual activists? Um, yeah, listen, I my honest opinion is that... Um, people should bring themselves back to the Bible in a much more clearer sense in regards to what the Word says. Throughout the Bible, it speaks against the act of homosexuality. But I really feel that people have got to start to look at what God is really stating through his laws. And um, a union between a man and a woman is the perpetuation of life on this earth at the moment during this fallen time. So um, basically what I would say, and I have said this to a few people that practice same-sex relationships, is um, the meaning of life from God's point of view is basically life itself. And life itself only comes from a union between a man and a woman. Paul, let's get some thoughts from Bill Muhlenberg. Bill, your thoughts on what Paul is saying? Well, Paul is absolutely right, and we need to get back to the Bible. But here's the really scary thing. It's not just uh, some secular people who are very confused about all this and are falling for the homosexual myths and propaganda, but my huge worry is the number of people who claim to be Christians, right? who are uh, parroting the arguments of the activists who have abandoned the Bible. They've basically told God he's wrong, that they're more compassionate than he is, and that we should go down the route of blessing all things homosexual. So that is the real uh, concern, how many Christians have just sold out their spiritual heritage and uh, jumped into the bandwagon of the activists here. So absolutely, we need to get back to the Bible, and we got to start with people who claim to be Christians. Paul from Roeville in Victoria, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Bill, it raises a question. Is the idea of holy matrimony, uh, there is something special about marriage in the Bible, and uh, from, you know, from God... Uh, setting marriage as this special celebration in a lifelong commitment. Uh, this holy matrimony idea, sometimes we tend to play that down a little bit because there is something extra special about Christian marriage, uh, not just marriage between two people who are signing a civil document. Uh, mm. what, what's your reflection on, on the idea that, that there actually is a very high view of marriage that Christians can have? Well, absolutely. Again, the Bible gives a very high view of male-female marriage. It's, uh, in fact, the the see how very important God treats it. You just think of the picture God uses for the relationship between Christ and the church, right? He uses the male-female marriage bond as uh, an imperfect, if you will, picture of what it is to be in relationship between us, the church, and Christ. So there's no higher compliment that can be paid to human marriage than the fact that God says this is a pretty good picture of uh, 
what my relationship with my bride is all about. So we, again, as Christians, should uh, remind ourselves just how important this is. This is not some mere human institution. That's not something we can take or leave. It's at the very heart of God's plan for human sexuality and human society. And it's sad that so many Christians are either ignoring or downplaying what their own faith has to say about the vitally important place of uh, marriage as God made it. It's a little bit like it appears to me that many Christians who are a part of churches are fence-sitting in Mm. the sense that uh, they're waiting to be persuaded one way or the other. And because they're waiting to be persuaded, it really shows something a little bit deeper, that they're not necessarily persuaded that God's Word is Mm. truth and that it is powerful and that it is to be abided by. Mm. Well, absolutely. It's not just, sadly, Christians in the pews, but how much more so many pastors in the pulpits. A, how many are actually standing up and defending marriage as God ordained it? Uh, Very few. And even worse, how many of these pastors and leaders are actually going to the other side? They've fallen for the lies of the enemy. They've fallen for the myths of the activists and are saying, yeah, we have to have homosexual marriage. That's the Christ-like thing. That's the loving thing to do. I mean, I could name names of leading Christian pastors here in this country who have simply given up what the Word of God says on this, and they've just jumped in bed with the homosexual activists pushing their agenda. Uh, Satan would be rubbing his hands with glee at this, but God would be weeping that his own uh, shepherds have, in fact, told God he's a liar on this and said, no, you're wrong. Marriage should be more than what you said it should be. Uh, That's a scary place to be in if you're a leader or a pastor. 1-800-316-316 is our number. You can participate in our conversation. Bill Muhlenberg, our guest from Culture Watch. We are talking about the myths pushed by the homosexual activists in the marriage debate. You might like to be part of our conversation. 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Tony in Sydney. Hello, Tony. Welcome along to 2020. Glad to be on board, Neil, and uh, just a a comment. Uh, I've been following Bill Muhlenberg on Facebook for quite a while, and I just commend him for his bravery uh, in standing up to the sort of emotional half-arguments and half-truths coming from the gay and homosexual lobby generally. Um, Over my lifetime, I've noticed the incursions of evil that have increasingly been making their long shadows uh, uh, felt over our land where once things that were not even spoken about sexually are now openly discussed as if they're an ordinary thing. And just my point is that I I can recognise and applaud the efforts of those who are opposing this uh, iniquitous move to uh, counteract uh, the assault on marriage, where they have to default to a certain extent to what you might call natural arguments like the rights of children, or the inappropriateness of uh, homosexual marriage being alloyed with uh, what you might call heterosexual or normal marriage, or God-designed marriage. But there is a a need, I believe, for us to, and I think Bill does this, I think others can as well, uh, the fact that the Christians need to be making a declaration of righteousness, of what righteousness is, what God's standards are, and speaking on behalf of God in his word. And... uh, that, that means uh, speaking up not just so much for the 
condemnation of homosexuality that there is in the Bible, but speaking up for what righteousness reveals and the fact that there is salvation through Jesus Christ. I, I personally believe that if Australians just simply shared the good news of salvation with others and God's rescuing power from sin and iniquity through Jesus Christ, if we just simply did that, uh, we would see a tremendous overturning in our nation towards good and away from evil in a very short period of time. Tony, you're making some good points there. Let's hear some thoughts from Bill Muhlenberg. Well, you won't get any uh, disagreement with me. Thank you, Tony, for your kind words and your affirmation. Uh, it's a nice little offset to my many critics, <laughs> including a lot of Christian critics, I must say. Uh, so keep up your great work in standing up for marriage and faith and family, and uh, we need more like you in these dark times. A little bit of a breath of fresh air there for you, Bill. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much to Tony from Sydney. Let's hear from Andrew in St. Arnott in Victoria. Hello, Andrew. Welcome along to 2020. Uh, g'day. Thanks for having us on. Andrew, what are your thoughts? Well, it's just the overall um, picture of the debate on same-sex marriage and whatever. We, we, we as Christians are standing up and having their say, our say which is really great. But it's interesting, at least in the media, we hear nothing from Islam or from um, any of the other religions that are in Australia. Uh, that is interesting, and uh, Christians being ignored. Other religions too, Bill Muhlenberg? Well, there's no question that all the major religious traditions uh, have the same view. They all reject the concept of homosexual marriage and have... Uh, not a, a strong uh, pro-homosexual uh, thinking either. So it's all there in the various other religious traditions. It would be nice if some of them spoke up a bit more. Like I say, my own Christian tradition, I'm amazed by the silence of those who should be speaking out. Uh, we need a lot more Christian leaders, pastors, and lay people taking a stand and getting a bit of backbone. But, yeah, it's true, Islam... Uh, uh, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, they all would have similar sorts of views on these matters, so it would be nice to see some of them speaking up a bit more. But mind you, the mainstream media does a good job of silencing all the religious voices, so that's part of the problem. We're often censored from even being allowed to share our point of view. I think if we were being fair, reflecting on a letter that was written just two weeks mm. ago by as many as 40, I think, uh, religious leaders, and that includes right. Christians and also Islamic leaders and uh, Jewish leaders too, uh, also in there, uh, they wrote an open letter to the Prime Minister. And I don't think it got much airplay in mainstream media, Bill. Well, that's right. It was a good letter by a wide uh, selection of religious leaders. But as you say... Uh, crickets chirping when it came to the overwhelming majority of the mainstream media. They simply ignore stuff like this. You can have a protest at Parliament House with 10 lesbians or homosexuals. Every uh, news camera in the country will be there and make it the first item on the 6 o'clock news. But you have 40 religious leaders sharing their concerns about marriage, and there's uh, silence from the media. So this is sadly what we have to deal with. 
Andrew from St Arnott in Victoria, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. one 316 our talkback line open. Bill Muhlenberg, our guest from Culture Watch. We're talking through the myths pushed by the homosexual activists in the marriage debate. Back with more in just a few moments. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you. 2020 talking through the myths pushed by homosexual activists. Bill Muhlenberg, our guest, taking calls one 316 Let's hear from Val in Mackay. Hello, Val. Welcome along to 2020. Oh, hi. Val, what are your um, thoughts? I'm just wondering how many people realise that um, the homosexual agenda doesn't stop at marriage. Mm. They are out to normalise homosexuality in society. And the next thing is that children are taught in school that this is normal. And um, beginning in, in um, kindergarten age um, and if, if you look at what's happened in Massachusetts uh, this is what is happening and uh, people who might go along with the same sex so called marriage uh, might balk when they uh, think of their children or grandchildren being taught this in school and Val, important points you are making time. there Bill Mildenberg, thoughts on what Val is sharing well, Val is 100% right. In fact, uh, these 20 myths are really based on three books I've written, some uh, 800 pages, 1,500 footnotes, so I fully document all this, and her point is exactly right. Whenever special rights are given, especially starting with homosexual marriage, then all the rest goes through as well. Then the government starts cracking down, demanding that our school children, even kindergartners, are force-fed this agenda. It's happening all over the place, and it'll get worse. So this is uh, much bigger than the marriage debate itself. Bill, there's a lot of myths we have been talking about. Uh, homosexuals uh, born that way, of course, that's not the case. 10% of the population's homosexual, of course, that's not the case, more close to 2%. Homosexuals just want to be free uh, to privately do their thing. Of course, that's not the case, otherwise there wouldn't be such antagonism that's coming uh, from the homosexual lobby. Uh, there's a lot of myths we've been talking about. Uh, Bill, the idea that uh, whatever happens won't impact me... Uh, this is some ways the way that complacency has set into uh, people in Australian society and even, as we said, people in churches. Of course, uh, we are all going to be impacted, as Val was sharing. Mm. Oh, exactly right. And Val was quite right to raise that issue. It's not just some little change to the law that won't have any impact on the rest of us. Everybody will be impacted. In fact, in my newest book, I list almost 200 cases of Christians or supporters of traditional marriage who have actually been fined, sometimes thrown in jail, or have lost their jobs simply for saying, I disagree with the agenda. I think marriage is between a man and a woman. For simply saying that, you can lose your job. It's happening all over 200 cases documented in my most recent book. Every day you find another example of this. So everything changes when we uh, mess with marriage and redefine it. So if you're at all a Christian who loves Jesus and believes in the Word of God, be prepared for possible prison ministry in the days ahead. Uh, time for one more quick comment. Yvonne from Fernvale in Queensland. Hello, Yvonne. Uh, hello. It's, Need to be very uh, quick, Yvonne. to hear you stand up for 
uh, marriage <laughs> in a biblical way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Yvonne. Uh, is that what you wanted to say? No, I wanted to say this, that I'm really, really disappointed uh, that Christians have been deceived, although that's not at all unusual. Uh, and uh, I really believe if churches would rise up now and pastors and teach the Word of God as is in the Bible, then the congregation would be being taught the truth. I think there's been so many what I call aeroplane sermons where um, a minister just takes a verse and flies over a message for about half an hour and yep. then everybody sings the Yvonne, final hymn or whatever. Your point, is, uh, your point is taken and really appreciate you actually calling in and making that point. Unfortunately, we've got to cut you off because we haven't got time. I wanted to mention Bill's books before we uh, have to say goodbye and uh, lead up to the news. Uh, Bill, Dangerous Relations... Strained Relations, these are the two prominent books that you've written, uh, yep. all about homosexuality. People can get those when they go to your website at billmuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch. Uh, and uh, the take-up of those has been pretty significant. Yeah, no, they've all been doing very well in sales. Uh, surprising, actually, given that the other side uh, doesn't let you get a hearing. The media doesn't uh, let you know these books exist. So, yeah, they're doing quite well. Kurong would have them as well, Amazon. So, okay. yep, Dangerous Relations and Strained Relations, those two books from Bill Muhlenberg. Bill, always good getting your insights. Thank you so much for being with us again today on 2020. Many thanks. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.